Hawks fans, we are back. Members only ATL, the only Hawks fan podcast true to Atlanta. After being down in the first round of the Eastern Conference playoffs, two games to none. The Hawks have won games three and four back to back. Game three, 116 to 98, your final score. Game four, last night, 111 to 101. Hawks win both of those games in convincing fashion. Fun fact of the day, the Hawks have never come back in the playoffs from being down 0-2 to start a series. Guess what, Hawks fans? Time to make history. This is also the first team in the 2017 NBA playoffs to have seven guys in double digits. Thanks to Jackson for sending this information along. And it's the first time the Hawks have done it since 1986. Now, the first thing I want to discuss with you guys today is that wonderful gem of a human being, Markeith Morris, coming at Paul Millsap, our anchor, like he's got something to say, like people know his name. They don't, by the way. They might now is the new crying Jordan meme. I think that that's a petition we should get going. Let's uh, let's make Markeith Morris the new face of whiners and complainers. I can see it now. So if you haven't heard, Markeith Morris came out the other day and basically called Paul Millsap a crybaby. How are you going to call someone a crybaby and then complain after every single call against you and your team? Like literally every play last night, he was complaining the entire game. Looking at that matchup, Paul Millsap last night had 19 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, 3 fouls, including one of the coolest shots I've ever seen made in the history of the NBA. Paul Millsap was falling backwards, and I'm not talking about a fadeaway jump shot. I'm talking literally he was parallel with the floor, threw the ball up, it went in, it's a score and one more, if I may quote Ryan Cameron. And uh, your boy Morris, nine points. He was three for ten last night with five personal fouls. Paul had three fouls. I don't know if I mentioned that yet or not. If I can quote Paul Millsap, just take the loss and go back to the hotel. Well, going back home now. We have got to steal a win on the road. If I'm not mistaken, the Hawks had, if not a better road record than a home record, it was pretty close to being better. And those first two games were games that we lost by seven points. I believe in each of those games. I actually don't have the scores in front of me at the moment. After all the research I did prior to this, and I didn't write down the scores. Nevertheless, those first two games, they were littered with turnovers and fouls, and they basically just, John Wall just had his way with us. Not so much here in Atlanta. Let's carry that momentum into Washington for game five, ladies and gentlemen. Looking at some numbers over the first four games, Paul Millsap was has been averaging 24 points, 9 rebounds, and 5 assists. There goes that man. Game 5, let's see some more of that, Paul. Dwight Howard struggled a little bit in the first three games, averaging 6 points and 11 rebounds. Game 4, though, my man Dwight came out 16 points, 15 rebounds. Absolutely dominated the boards, dominated Washington last night. We need more playoff Dwight. Dennis Schroeder has stepped up huge in the first round of the playoffs. His first three games, he was averaging 25 points and eight assists. Game four, he came into a little foul trouble early. He had three in the first half, only finished with three, but he sat for a long time in the first half, ended up with 18 points and an assist. Dennis Schroeder, uh, if I'm comparing Dennis Schroeder to Jeff Teague right now, granted Jeff Teague and the Indiana Pacers just got swept by the Cavs. We've been there. We've seen that happen, so we know what the struggle is there. But right now... I'm looking at Dennis versus Teague, 
And uh, don't get me wrong, I love Jeff Teague when he was here, but uh, I'm definitely excited Dennis is on our side. Tim Hardaway Jr. has had an interesting series. He's kind of been flip-flopping back and forth a little bit. Game 1, he had 7 points. He was 0 for 6 from 3. Game 2, he had 19 points. He was 5 for 15 from the field. Game 3, back to 8 points. He was 3 for 9 from the field. 1 for 6 from 3. Game 4, he had 15 points, and he was 3 for 5 from 3. So I don't know if it's just the first time that Timmy's really ever been featured in a playoff situation but he's got to harness that in and get back to the Timmy that helped us beat Boston and Cleveland in those last few games of the season. Kent Bazemore's had a pretty decent first couple games, 12 points, 3 rebounds, 4 assists in Game 1. Game 2, he had 8 points and 5 rebounds. Game 3, 8 points, 4 assists, a steal and a block. Game 4, 16 points, 4 rebounds, 7 assists, and 3 steals. I just want to say that I, I still love Kent Bazemore. He's still catching a lot of flack from a lot of Hawks fans and a lot of people around Atlanta. But Bay's coming off the bench really brings something special because especially against a team like Washington, whose bench isn't necessarily that deep, to have a starting caliber shooting guard come off the bench for you and lighten it up in games, getting double digits, doing a lot of good work on defense despite some of those turnovers he's had over the first few games. One of the biggest factors of this first round of the playoffs that not a lot of people are really giving a lot of credit to or attention to is Torian Prince, the rookie, scoring 13 points per game, five rebounds per game. He had 11 points. He was five for seven with seven rebounds and assist last night. 16 points, seven for 11 on game three, four rebounds and a steal that night. 12 points in game two, 14 points in game one. His field goal percentage is right around 63%. I mean, let's let's think about this for a second. This is a rookie and this isn't like a LeBron James kind of freak rookie. I mean, this is a a guy that came into the league. He's had a solid season for a rookie, probably better than a solid season for a rookie. Most rookies don't get much playing time and Prince has really stepped it up and he's really doing big things already in his first year, and I can see this kid being the future of our team, no question about it. Another guy I want to talk about real quick is Jose Calderon, who came in last night playing some significant minutes when Dennis was sitting with foul trouble. He had 10 points and 5 assists, and hopefully he's stepped up enough to the point where we don't have to question necessarily right now what our backup point guard situation is. I mean, Malcolm Delaney hasn't been playing very much. He's probably played less than 10 minutes in the entire series so far, which I don't really understand, but again, I've said it a hundred times in the past, I don't question Coach Bud's methods necessarily, and I'm not going to do that here today. Speaking of questioning Coach Bud's methods, Tabo Cephalosha only played seven minutes so far in this series. I'm going to ask what's the deal with that. I'm not going to criticize Coach Bud like I just said, but I'm just curious. Like, Why is your best defender sitting on the bench in the series? Nevertheless, uh, the Hawks have been getting it done over the last two games at home. Need to steal one in Washington. I feel like if we don't get this game in Washington tomorrow night at 6 p.m., then uh, the Hawks are going to have a really, really tough time. Not necessarily winning game six at home, but game seven in Washington would be a tough, tough one to get. So uh, let's make it easy on ourselves, guys. Get, get, go ahead and just grab game five. Just go ahead and grab it. I've really been proud of the Hawks over the last two games, especially... Uh, they really picked up their intensity and their physicality. They're making a lot better choices. The turnovers that they're getting are not horrible, horrible turnovers like they had been. And uh, the biggest thing right now is is limiting John Wall. I mean, you've got other players that are going to get some points and get some get some good numbers in there. But John Wall, game one, he had 32 points, 14 assists. Game two, 32 points, 
nine assists. Game three, 29.7 assists. And that was the game where we won by 18 points, mind you. Game four, limited to 22 points and 10 assists. The defense has been picking up. Last night I noticed Bazemore was guarding him more. I mean, Prince is getting in there. Dennis is, was back to playing his old style of defense, that full-court pressure that we used to see from Dennis when he was coming off the bench. The Hawks just need to keep that up. They need to play great defense. It's always been the Hawks' mentality under Coach Bud. They need to keep with that because when the defense is hitting, that means the shots are going to start falling. The offense is going to be there. The ball movement has been much better. And, of course, the last two games, I cannot say enough awesome things about the crowds at Phillips Arena near sellouts, if not sellouts, both nights. And even the players were coming out and saying that they had never seen Phillips Arena like it was. It was awesome to see like 99% of the people in the building rooting for the Hawks. And uh, hopefully game five, well, I'm sorry, game six, we'll see a little bit more of that. Game six being on a Friday night at Phillips Arena, it should be electric, should be awesome. Hopefully I see some of you guys and girls there. Let's let's get that win on the road, guys. Let's go ahead and take game five in Washington, D.C., Thanks, as always, for subscribing, rating, reviewing, sharing, asking me where I've been. I've been pretty busy over the last week or so, so it's been hard to get these done. So I figured I'd just nail it. I'd just capitalize on the last two wins and just give you a a slew of information. So thanks again for rating, sharing, reviewing, subscribing on iTunes and checking us out on SoundCloud as well. And as always, let's go Hawks.